morning, everybody. Run, come on. <clears throat> Do some. Can't seem to find a place where this works. Okay. Let's do something a little bit different and just have an open discussion for a few minutes about what happened in the last half an hour. If your mind didn't stop at all, or if there was a sense of something revealing itself, if there was kind of something that you learned in the silence. Or what happened for you in the last half an hour? Or was it like, oh my God, I wish we'd start? Was there an impatient story going on? What was happening? Sure. My mind would stop. One of the things that I find curious is that um, when I sometimes That's the that's the thing. Yeah, without the thought, is it boring? Sometimes it is. Uh huh. Well, like maybe the thoughts arises. This is boring. Is that recognition? And then I'm like, okay, without the thought, it is boring. But other times it's not. Yes. So that's what's curious. Other yes. It's like sometimes it's like, oh, thank God, the thoughts have stopped. <laughs> yes. Yes. Some thoughts are, are, are believed before we even see that they're thoughts because, because yeah, that this is boring, even in spite of the thought it's boring. If it is boring, it's like actually the thought was in there before you had the thought that it's a thought. You see, so it really is a thought that makes it boring because the mind is already there wanting distraction. It's like saying, I love distraction, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. You know, so it's telling you it's boring. And then, and then you see that the thought it's boring, but, but you're really only seeing part of the thought. You know, you're seeing the thought that it's a thought. That's what you're seeing. You're not seeing the original thought that's making it boring, that's giving you the experience of it being boring. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mind loves distraction. So it's already in there trying to shake things up a little bit. It's already doing something to give you a bit of a distraction, looking for a bit of food, meat. Yeah. Good though that it stops. Nice that you get some break. 
would this would this travel around the place? Why not? Super. Great. Thank you. There we go. With that mic, you gotta hold it like almost like you're gonna kiss it. Okay. Um, as I as we got quiet, it was like um, I felt, for lack of a better term, like an energy field in the room of uh, that felt like um, very peaceful and quiet took me away from thoughts. The thoughts kind of, or the thoughts receded. Um, and it was almost like I could feel, it felt almost physically in my head as if there were waves of peace taking the thoughts away or obscuring them. And they never totally stopped, or maybe they stopped part of the time, but they got smaller. I could hear them in the background a little bit saying like, um, this is really nice. Uh, I wish I could do this when I'm alone. Um, you know, commentary. Maybe I'll go, commentary, like maybe I'll go up and ask her about what's happening. Um, just a little bit of comments, but really about, about the peace and the quiet. Um, and then I just sank more and more deeply into the peace and silence and the absolute stillness that seemed to be here. So it was just really lovely. And then, as this has happened to me before in other meditation settings, at times I could feel um, like it, like we were going to come out of it. Is it almost as if you were doing something like? Oh, she's withdrawing the energy that she's putting out. And I don't know who or what is doing it, what, but it, um, and then, but then I would go back in. It was just very, um, very wonderful. And I want to, I guess I do want to know, uh, and I've asked this before of another teacher, but it doesn't work for me how to, I can do this when I'm alone. I don't seem to be able to go so deeply still, and especially not so fast. It was almost immediate um, stillness. Mm. I don't think you can make it happen. Because when we try to make it happen, or if our desire or intention is there, that's the very thing that's going to push away that in our true nature, because, because you're, you know, the intention, make sure that your attention is on your intention. So, so there's no space for the complete letting go. So it's gotta be like when you sit, it's like, hey, you know, if it goes deep, it goes deep, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. If you have no agenda at all, there's actually a better chance of your true nature shining, shining through. So it's a bit of a catch-22, because you, the mind will say, well, I get something if I don't want to get something. So I don't want to get something, but really I do. I don't want to get something, because then maybe I can get something. You see, so mind can do this. So it has to be an authentic, authentic non-attachment, an authentic letting go. You see? So you, you can't make it happen. But the thing is, it happens as you go along this path. It just happens. 
It's just one of those things that just starts to come in, that the depth is more accessible because we're not so caught up in the story. So it's like a, a sign of, I don't know, kind of a maturation, really, you know? Just things ripening on their own. It's an organic thing. Yes, uh, often I just, I do, you know, I notice the mind wants to get something or whatever I am, wants to get something or um, let more like let go of things that are important. Um, I do notice that I think the battery is probably gone, Matthew. Yeah, the light went out. Do we have another one? There's more batteries. Super, thank you. Just while we're waiting, I'm just going to pick up something that you said a little bit earlier. Um, on my own part, there's no clue at all what's going to happen at any moment. And I, you know, there was no withdrawing or doing any, none, nothing. It's just like sitting here and well, no talking happened. And no invitation happened. It's like those things didn't happen. So when things don't happen, there's space. You know? Um, and as for, for, for myself, for the, Jack, the Jack character woman, it's like my mind plays catch-up. Do you know? So, so I would notice that I'd be looking around and then I might zone in on somebody. And, and, and there's nothing going on. There's just a zoning in on somebody. I'm just watching it and I'll be, ah, okay. And I might see something in their thought system coming up or not coming up or, or coming up, going down. There might be a pushing through something. But me, the Jack character, is watching. It's just watching it. It's softer than the observer because it's not the observer watching the personal. It's just my functioning mind just noticing what's going on in order to be able to re remember what's going on or talk about what's going on or have some take on it. Do you know? It's like a perspective is watching. It's, it's like that. So there's no, there's no putting out an energy or taking in an energy. It's just, it's just what they, what's there when... When, when there's nothing else going on. So I remember at one point taking some tea, you know, and, and then like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. It, it, it's back into the stillness again. It's, it's, it's silence again. So there's nothing, like I suppose in the early days it would be like, gosh, is this going to be boring for people? Or for sure in the beginning it would be like, how, 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 how do I do this? Because on the human level, people have paid for something and they want something. And that used to be there in the very first couple of months, you know? Of like, there must be an exchange here. How do I make that work? But of course, that's like, that's garbage, you know? And when that was seen, of course, it's, that's garbage. It's never followed. But I, I think I do remember that there, like the very first few satsangs, you know? Just that natural part of like, okay, how do we marry this with the world of exchange where people are paying for something? How do we marry this? Do I have to put a value on it for people to recognize this? 
So I remember that dialogue being, being there. Maybe the first three or four satsangs and that was it. And all the rest of it is just what happens. It's just what happens. Yeah, the body-mind is really responding to something else. It's like, is a puppet for something else that's moving through. The something else is always first. Always first. And then sometimes the body-mind has to, the Jack character has to kind of, but, but, but this has to fit in too to the world in some way. <coughs> some way this has to fit in. But, mm. no, nothing is done to make it stop, start. Suppose there's no controller, no sense of controlling it or directing it within the direction of like, okay, I've got to be here at half past ten, that kind of normal functioning. But what happens in here? No, it rolls by itself. So I suppose then, adding, marrying that to what you're saying, there isn't, a, there isn't any greater value placed on the silence rather than the dialogue. There, there isn't. They're both just manifestations. There isn't even a preference for one over the other anymore. <laughs> there was a preference for the silence, of course, but then, but then should the silence is there all the time. And once that was clear that it's there all the time, and that functioning is never very loud, it's never loud enough to take attention away from the stillness behind all of it, so then the issue drops. The issue drops. The stillness that's there all the time isn't touched by no matter what the world can throw up. So then there's no preference for anything because it's kind of always the same. And even, I suppose, if there's a distraction, if it's like, oh yeah, it'd be nice to go out now for a walk. You know that kind of pull for a distraction. But it's, it's, not, it's not so much the mind looking for a distraction. It feels like it comes from a place where the body is taking care of itself. Or the mind just needs stimulation in order to stay healthy, to stay alert. Or that the body needs to move. Or it's like there, there's other things at play. It's, it's not... Mm, mm, it comes from more organic movement. It's not motivated by the mind looking for contrast or entertainment. That layer goes... Because, because the mind is fickle, you know? It, it wants entertainment. And then it, that's enough now. Give me something else now. Give me something else now. What will I do after this? You know, and it's just... That becomes very boring once you see the game that it's playing. That becomes boring. The distraction becomes boring. It wanting distraction becomes boring, you know? Well, I'm almost incoherent... Wonderful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, I feel like I haven't come, come back really fully into the room, but that's great. It's great. It's such a safe place to. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Would you like to speak? Sure. Okay. Um, as well, I've, I felt a um, very deep uh, feeling of peace and happiness that permeated the entire time. And 
didn't matter what occurred. So, if thoughts arose, that's great. If, if a distraction arose, oh, isn't that an interesting distraction? It was, the best I can describe it, it was like any mentation that arose out of the um, peace and happiness was like folding a batter or stirring a batter. You know, it was just like a little wave and then the batter would just collapse into it itself again. And it was just that, when that happened, it was just like an aha feeling, somehow nice, another, another wave of the batter just folding into itself. So, it was a wonderful description that you, that you gave it such a deep feeling of peace when there's no desire for anything. Yes. Whatever happens yes. is just... <clears throat> yes. It is, is just a little full That's right. within the peace and happiness. That's it. Yeah, and, and what, what that, another way of explaining what that is, is that when you're perceiving capacity, your own personal way of perceiving, it's very different when you perceive the mind's comment to be a disturbance or when the perceiving is, has pulled back to a point of view of exactly what you're saying. That whatever happens, really, it's just, it's just blended in. It's, it's beautifully blended in. Because your perception of what arose, the perception of a thought or the idea of a distraction, your perception of it is what's different. Your perceiving of it was from the stillness, from way back there. Not a position of observer or position of the personal. You see? The perceiving, the perceiving is, is integral to the absolute. It's like there's there's no there's no break in interruption between that which arises and that from which it arose. It's kind of just like a continuous fold or motion. Thanks. Yes, That's exactly it. The lady behind you on the left, over your left shoulder, Mukti. Would you like to talk, Mukti? <laughs> she did, and now I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Got to bring the mic really close. Thank you. So there was a sense initially that there was uh, nothing going on, and not not a strong, energetic, deep nothing, but shallow. I guess a judgment. Or a sense that it was shallow. But um, it was a judgment without judgment. I mean, it wasn't, it was an observation, perhaps, a little bit more than a judgment. Um, if that makes any sense to you. Sure. And, and there was a, a, a sense to follow that a little bit to see what that was and that heated up. I mean, it's kind of like there was a wondering, this isn't so deep. You know, it was deeper last night. You know, this isn't so. It's, it's deeper when I sat this morning. You know, it was, um, but not, not a hot, whole lot else going on. But mine didn't. Mine really didn't. 
might only thought about a few times, you know. And, and but behind that, you know, the head was nodding as if it's, it's almost like there's some little string back there that happens out of nowhere uh -huh. for this character that uh -huh. is it's part of the, the depth. The depth, <laughs> indeed, the depth coming so in. So it was a funny kind of. And then as I, since we've started talking, it's that kind of shallowness, sensation, whatever, um, seems to be tied into more of what has been going on that I wonder about, you know. So that's a... That's what has been going on, as, as in it's related yeah, it's to like something it else seems in your life? there's a general sense of that. Okay. But it's not, uh, it's not a bad thing or a good thing, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's what is. Uh, there is a, sometimes arises a comparison of before, you know, that there, that, you know, what's, am I going backwards? Like, what's, but there's no, but there's so much else still there. Sure. I, I can't, uh, sure. so it's, it's interesting. Yes. And, uh, I'm not worried about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's just, um, observing that that's, yes. that's what's happening. And, yes. Uh, and I don't know if it's, I did lose some ground, you know, or it's more balance. I don't know. Yes, no. I'm just going to throw this out for you to stew, to stew yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, uh, this even happens to some spiritual teachers that, that some kind of doubt arises and it presents an experience of a, 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 superficial, mm. a, a superficial take. Uh, gosh. A perceiving mechanism that seems very superficial. And what's really going on is that there is a self-doubt mechanism that's playing. So, so I spoke to a few different spiritual teachers about this who are on the circuit, you, you know, like, like myself doing this madness. <laughs> and and what, what's happening is that self-doubt arises. There's a sense of, oh, did I, did I, did I imagine all this? Is, this? is this identification back? Is this... Is this supposed to be there? Is this where I talk from when I'm in satsang? So the whole, actually, it's doubt. All it is is an energy called doubt. And it, it can look in some version to, to, to it can present the idea that, that you're going backwards. It can present that idea. But actually, all that it is is a piece of doubt that's up. And it shows like that. It shows like that. Just for you to, to sit with it and see... That happens. That happens all the time. Like, yeah, for I mean, a lot of people. I don't know if you recall, but when we last spoke, I don't know. Even, I don't even remember when that was. I think it was in Florida, but I don't. I don't. What, oh, what yeah. month was that? Yeah, like, January. I have no clue. Yeah, that okay. was January. Yeah, okay, I have no clue. Um, things completely shifted. You know that that uh, that knot that was there. You know and. and what I had to deal with in my day-to-day -day job, I was coming from a completely different place and dealing with it. So that's 
that's gone. Uh -huh. That's kind of, uh, uh -huh. even though a lot okay. of emotions from out there I have, I've had to deal with. Not okay. Alone, but, uh, um, so, I guess maybe it is a death. I don't know, but that's part of like, yeah. Yes. It's part of what's telling you that you're not going backwards. You see, the thing is, you can't go backwards, actually. Yeah. You can't go backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that we have this idea that, that there's uh, goals or that there's markers of success, you know? And, and sure, there aren't. I there guess aren't. There, there is a judgment that, you know, you know, sometimes it's deep and sometimes it's not. That's you know, right. I mean, not, not there's a, yeah, there's and, that. and that's totally fine. Yeah, but that's like, it, it is whatever it is. You yes. Know? I mean, and I know that. But yes, it's still... Uh, and you see, deep and shallow actually would be fine unless we judge it. It's when we judge it, that's the thought that we feel uncomfortable about then. Whereas if you, if you can just know that deep and shallow are totally just part of the manifestation, then we don't go into the, oh, me with reference to the deep and shallow. You see? you're fighting with the mind a little bit. A lot. How do I stop that? Can you accept it? Accept that the mind might always be busy? Can I accept I have trouble with this? Do you? Yeah. Uh -huh. All right, and that's where we go. At a certain point on this path, we end up feeling that 
you know, recognizing that we can't do anything. That we actually can't do anything. That it's just... That it won. That the mind won. And that you got... You were broken by it, you know? Despite all of your efforts. That the mind won. It's okay to go there. It's okay to go there. Fighting the mind will never bring any resolution. It just creates more conflict. Okay. And so, so I, I understand that. I say I understand that, but so there's two, two things going on, two people. Two, one that understands that, and then it's not. But the other part of you still has a desire for it to be different. Yes. That's what I'm after. Drop the desire for it to be different. Drop the desire for your mind to behave in any particular way. Okay. Let's see when there's no desire, how it goes. Okay. Yeah, sure. Paul, I just want the mic. Did you have a different value on them when they happened? Did you see it as... No, they okay. just said, oh, there's... Just noticed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they weren't happy, they weren't sad, they were just... Yeah. Yes. And 
oh, I know in the very beginning, something like what Cher was like, oh, I wonder what Jack is doing. And but then that sort of faded away. Yeah. And that's all that happened. We'll talk about space in a little bit because there's there's some yeah I want to talk about space in a minute but after this part can I get back to you on that okay super just the lady behind there thank you so um I have two things to share my experience but also to ask you. This one is more urgent, it feels, when you say, drop this, the desire, drop the expectation of things being different, to be different. How in the heck do you do that from your human perspective? How do you drop, how do you drop your desires or your expectations? It doesn't seem possible. Doesn't it? It's more human to not have desires or expectations. These are learned habits. They come from dualistic thinking. It's actually more human not to have them. But the world is commercially based, so it keeps stimulating more and more desires. So there's an influence coming from the outside, new conditioning to promote desires. The thing is to, to see that for what it is. Desires usually come one by one. When we talk about them like this, it's like, oh my God, I, you know, there's loads of them. But actually, there's only one by one. So when there's one up, it's like, ah, there's a desire. I know when you see it, you can drop it. If you don't see it, you can't drop it. But they'll come one by one. That's very doable. <coughs> to not be the slave of a desire when it arises. Well, I'm not talking about a desire of a new iPad. I can drop that, no problem. But when your desire is your desire for a better life, a better future, a better outcome, how do you drop that? Same. Same. It's just the desire for a fantasy versus the desire for an object. Still desire. It's the same thing. It's just that there's more potency in, in the desires that you have for an idea. You've invested more in it. That's why it feels more sticky, is that you've invested more. But saying with your mind, I don't want this anymore, doesn't really work. Well, it's not, I don't want this, because that's a desire as well. You're desiring to not have something. That's not the opposite. It's like, okay, drop it. What's here right now is okay. Some part of me is okay with this. Let's find that part of you that's actually okay with what's happening right now. It's one way to do it. But I want and I don't want. They're both desires. So it's not, I don't want that. It's not the negative of it. It's like, whoops, that's fantasy land. What's here and now, that's what's happening. Let this be good enough. This is as good as it gets. And then acceptance arises. And from there, of course, life will change and it will move in a direction and you'll have choices to choose things. But it won't be fantasy land idea of how a better life should be. It's how life really is. And from there you can maneuver. It's torture to have an idea of what's better. 
because it totally rejects what is. You're missing the life that's here because it's being rejected. That's kind of suffering, don't you think? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I've got a PhD on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. And somewhere within you will actually be really content with that. But for as long as, you know, as, as you're still believing that the fantasy idea of how you can upscale life, as long as you, you're invested in that, you're going to miss that this is actually perfect. This is actually totally fine. But it's being rejected when we're investing in a fantasy. And you're, and you're missing. You're, you're, you're missing life itself. You're missing what's really showing itself. There's a desire to always go to a better past or a better future. Like you don't stay in the what is. Yeah, you're missing what is. And what is has the magic. That's the only place you can learn something, is what is now. That's, that's, that you can work with. The rest of it is just daydreaming. You're gone, you know? So your attention isn't here, so you're missing what's here. Let's use what really wants to show itself. Yep. It's much easier to say it than to do. It's breaking a habit. It brings great freedom to break that habit. The, the whole relief of being, being able to be present and to not live in a place of rejecting. Oh, man, it's so much easier. And everything from your nervous system to the quality of your mind, even when you're asleep, quality of what's going on, you know? All of it will get lighter. Step by step. And what is, you would say meditation is a tool for that, or...? Sure, we'll, we'll find, you'll find what's working for you over these days, you know, little bit by little bit, something will make sense. Meditation is one tool for sure, it's very useful. For sure, it pulls your mind in, it gives it, it, it shows it how not to be in fantasy land so much. That's very useful. But any moment when you recognize that you're up there in, in dreaming about an alternative, Say, whoops, this is as good as it gets. This is life. This is it. This is what's trying to show itself. Be present. Be here with this. And the next thing will be mind will reject what's here and now. It's like, I'm not rejecting it. I'm accepting it and I'm being with this. So with the meditation, I had a lot of quiet, quiet to the beats and then there was a little shake of our staircase and I was like, I'm in such deep meditation, I'm going to miss the earthquake. And then there was something else like popping and then I would just, I let it calm, rise up. Not that I let it, it happens, it feels by itself. Uh -huh. And you just, you let it drop. And then, um, like, things like this would come up and go and up. And then I saw you that you were meditating with your eyes open. 
And that got me to that loop of, wow, she's in that state of consciousness with her eyes open. I'm gonna see if I can do it too. And I, and I was able to do it with my eyes open. Usually when I sink deeply, I sink with my eyes closed all the time. And I did that a little bit with my eyes open and I thought, okay, the, the quietude is there also with the eyes open. Yes. It's not just with the eyes closed. Yes. It's possible to sink in with the eyes open. Yes. But then, then once I saw that and I examined it for myself, I was like, I wonder if this is how Jack lives. Like, how did she start being a teacher of this? Is this how life pulsates for you like, all the time? Even when, you, when your eyes are open, you're still feeling that quiet to the inside. Like, how does one get there permanently? And then, then I started with the thoughts, obsessive thoughts. Yeah. Like, how does one get there permanently? And then I was like, Close your eyes, shut down. Like, yeah. At a certain moment, it all became about you, how you do it. I'm going to ask her for the recipe. How, it, yeah. how did she get there? You know, and then yeah. I, I closed my eyes and I was able to sink back in. So for a little bit of time, I was able to do it with the eyes open, but then I just needed to just. Yes. Why is that? Ah, you're just interested in the chatter, you know? Because if, if you learn how to do something, that tool will help me, you know? And it's just, that's just chatter. That's part of, I've got something to get. Something will make things better. It's just a rejection of what is, really. Same habit, different story. Yes. Right now, just... Acceptance of, of yourself on every level is right up. Acceptance of yourself on every level. Of your life, of your health, of all of it. Accepting it all. Be okay with all of it. Things will look differently then. Not exactly better, but different. Maybe better. Maybe so, but... If we say it will be better, then we've put it into a fantasy place. Yeah. yeah. Good. You're, you're breaking it down. You're breaking down the, the resistance to what is. It's great. How's this side of the room? Beta. Thank you. Good morning. So. <laughs> yes. It was very powerful. Just wondering if I could explain or describe what happened, which is what you asked for. Um, but also, there's several questions I could ask. So, so I don't know. Okay. That's how I could be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Go within and see what the natural movement is. See if something moves from there in one of those directions.
One, one poem is to be quiet. But there's also fear of not asking the question. There would be a little pride in not asking. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So. Okay. So if it's a regular satsang question, can we do it after this, or is it connection to the meditation? It's in connection to the meditation. Perfect. Go for it then. You mentioned describing zoning in, and you know, and then the Jack character mind kind of catches up. Yes. There was a zoning in, and something happened, or something didn't <coughs> happen during the zoning in, and then so. In the zoning in to this energy field, sometimes you, what you said was you would see something or you wouldn't see something. You'd yeah. see something arise or you yeah. see something fall away. Um, so within that powerful stillness, um, there were things happening with the perception. Which have happened off and on for you know, years and years and years and years. But this this stayed longer than usual. Um, and there are some things when the mind comes in. Um, I think I can make you know. It's like it's going to fade away. The power is going to fade away. The, and I can do something to kind of make it come back. Uh-huh. At least I, I That's feel the like game I you play. something. Uh-huh. Um, and it's interesting because one of the things uh, Paula mentioned, and you mentioned space. Yes. So while it was happening, um, one of the things that comes to mind is like an old, it's kind of the Vedanta trick of perceiving the background rather than the content of the background. Yes. And in, in a... Um, a variant of that is um, seeing ether, seeing this space where there's nothing. I, th I think it's the same thing as seeing the background. But anyway, that was happening, which made, made it even stronger. So I was wondering, because you zoned in several times, whether any of those, I hate to say it because Subtle, but, but they're techniques, <laughs> and you look whether you, they're getting in the way, or you saw it but didn't see it, or so they're all just experiences, aren't they? Yes, for the yes. phenomenal character, yes, yes they are. Um, but I mean, they come with the stillness, they're part of the stillness, yes. It's almost like, I mean, it, at times, everything goes away except your face. Yes. And it makes the stillness stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just... Yes. It's blissful. Yes. Yes. It seems to be truer than the limited perception. Yeah. The personal because story. It's just, it seems almost it's all, just all, it's consciousness. Yes. It's just another aspect of consciousness. Mm -hmm. That hasn't so much separation in it. Right. Yes. It hasn't separated it. Just... 
So, so is it okay that it's another experience, but it doesn't have the value of being better? It's just experienced as qualitatively different, perhaps, but even that qualitative difference could go. Could go. Could, it comes and goes. Yes, but, but the, the, the judgment of it, or the noticing that it's a qualitative difference, any attachment to the qualitative difference, can... I, I, yeah, I understand the question. Um, well, it's like, again, I don't make it happen. Yeah. I don't make it happen. Yeah. It often happens, and I had this other little thought, it often happens at the beginning of a satsang. And I had this little humorous thought, okay, Jack, can I go home now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it doesn't get any better than this. Phenomenally, no, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so there is the mind question, you know, I mean, it's always been the mind. Well, why does it happen? You know? And that's why I almost do the same thing now, because it's... Yes. Questions of mind, the mind questions. Well, why does it happen? It's just a it's qualitative different experience. Yes. But it, I mean, in my value system, it's nicer than. Yes. I can't deny that value system. That's right. That's just the value system. And sometimes, as I sit in it, I'm wondering, well, you know, is it all going to go away? You know, I mean, is that yes. is false identification going to drop because of this? Is this, you know, is this it? Yes. I don't know any other way that the false identification is going to drop other than staying with this yes. different consciousness. Yes. Perception. Yes. You know, is this pure perception? You know, I, I have that thought too. Is this pure perception? It's, it's certainly me going towards pure perception. Yes. Yes. So, and when is you're there not any... asking that question, I mean, you asked me that question. I think it is qualitatively better because if it's closer to pure perception, it's better. Okay. Um, you know, I mean... But there's two things there. Because it can be qualitatively different, like it's qualitatively different to be comfortable and not cold. But will there be an absolute preference and is one good and one is bad? It can get deeper and deeper and be brought into the dualistic perception. Can it be seen, yeah, that it's a qualitative, different, qualitative difference, but one isn't good or one isn't bad? Can you leave it qualitative without good and bad? Because good and bad is very much a personal, that's yeah, a different right, right. category. That's, yeah, that's a good question. I think good and bad is too strong. Okay, yeah, good. It's too strong. Good, not bad. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. You see, that, that's potency, that's where the dualistic identified character is. It's too strong. Yeah. Yes, it's too yeah. strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's too kind of forceful. It's too far away from what you are, from the softness of what is real. And yet, the power is in what is real. There's no power, actually, in, in, in what we is, we're calling too strong, in the identified place. No, there's no power. There's no power there, no. no. And you That's, hmm, that's evident that 
the powers of the stillness. And it's, yes. It's the powers of the stillness. Shows us the powers of the stillness. That's right. That's right. Yes, but the only one who can have a preference is the personal. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's not absolute, it's not... Something is sliding in there and into the, the strong, potent personal to have a preference. Yes. So can there be, okay, so qualitatively, it, you know, there's a phenomenal experience that seems to have a different qualitative uh, set of characteristics. And they all come and go. They all come and go. And no stickiness to any of them. The personality can like one more than the next, but nothing stronger than that. No good-bad, no stickiness, no investment. Can you stop it going to that part, that, that perception where it's, where it's personal, where it gets tight and there's a, somebody who wants something? Well, I can even while it was happening this morning, I mean, I could watch... Watch the personal person, the individual, um, wanting or desiring or trying to keep hold onto and kind of let it go, comes back, let it go. You know, just like surrender to. Yes. 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 How much of you goes into the personal in order to let it go? How much goes into the personal? Like, are in the place of letting it go, does that arise from the personal agenda? So when you let it go... Well, it's like... It's like a, okay. All right. All right. Okay. It's tricky, isn't it? Sure. It's very tricky to, to notice, yeah, there is, a, there is a qualitative difference. So, of course, there's a preference for something nice over than something sticky. Of course, that's natural. All right. Now, then there's the contracted position of a preference, of, of good or bad, of what can I do to make this happen more often. There's the personal that gets contracted. So it's about kind of weeding it out. To have the, the impersonal agenda is fine, that's natural, that's human functioning. To want something that's more pleasant. But all the attachment, and maybe the one who has to let it go, all of that comes from cranking up the personal in order to let go of something, but you're still tied onto the personal. It's like if we're igniting the personal in order to let something go, then. then no, I, 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 you see? So it's like the impersonal zone of where there's preferences, where it comes and goes, where it's all kind of loose. 
There's no contraction for the personal, the impersonal zone. From there, I wonder, is there a surrender and a letting go? Because the surrender and the letting go tends to be from the personal, not the impersonal. I'm wondering is it from the personal it usually is and it's never it doesn't have to be from the impersonal because that's what you're saying because the impersonal doesn't have to let go generally not there can be an idea that flows through the impersonal it's like ah we let that go it's almost like a functioning it's not sticky that can happen uh-huh. But 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 I'm wondering if the personal in your situation was the is the personal being ignited when you're talking about letting it go or surrendering. It's a subtle line here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And my intuition is, is telling me you're answering my question about uh, zoning in because that's what you may may have seen. Tricking you now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a very thin line there between when the personal identity comes in and when the impersonal free movement of preferences is at play. Um, just getting more familiar with if something comes up and it's like whoa there's a, there's a personal agenda here I'm annoyed about something there's a personal agenda okay what does this look like from the impersonal just, just step back from the impersonal is there some residue of it there? Is, there is it there so that you can really feel the difference between preference and desire between between the perspective of the personal and the perspectives that are impersonal and prior. It's the dividing line between the personal and the impersonal. That's the line I'm bringing your attention to. Because everything happens impersonally. During that powerful stillness, there's again, you know, it's like a slight aha uh-huh or whatever, but that's what this is. That's what's it's happening in person. Yes. It doesn't stay, but that can be used. So I guess I have, you know, again, it's a mind question, but I have to ask. Is there any connection between this phenomenal, whatever was happening, and the final dropping? And the final final dropping? dropping. I mean, if if that question could be answered for this Uh, person. You see, yes and no. From the point of view of the individual, yes, there's a connection. But when the dropping happens, you get to recognize that it was never right. about that. 
are valid within their own uh, reality spheres. So from a relative standpoint, sure. there's if, a connection. If you leave the space, something can show itself. Do, is it guaranteed for the showing to happen? No. No. But leaving the space, of course. But if you have an attachment to something happening because you've made yourself available, well, the space is kind of crowded with the attachment. There really isn't space. Pardon? There really isn't space. There really isn't space, no. Yeah. No. It's the desire yeah. for something to happen has taken over the space. Yeah. So, when, again, when, when this power happens, I, I will have to say it's, it's a surprise now when it happens. Okay. Before it was... Oh, you know, it's going to happen. Ah, okay. Okay, so the expectation isn't there, and it opens. I, I believe. That's yeah, great. I, I was surprised. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Expectation is going. Or gone. Except, <laughs> except that... Uh, Something does come in. A wonderful thing happened last summer, last January, in Florida. Uh huh. Because something went. Uh huh. And it's all censored because it's not even in the, the tapes I bought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the tapes to go over it. And uh-huh. I feel like um, James Joyce and Ulysses, or whatever I say, gets banned and censored. It's a good But, um, but, you know, you said something to me after that, that to go, you know, now, like if we open it up or whatever, you know, you'd be, things have changed, you know? Yes. So that kind of gave me a little sure. expectation. Okay. Sure. Sure, mind is going to grab anything. Yeah. But sure, and every now and then too, we need to kind of phenomenally feel, yeah, I'm getting somewhere. Every now and then we do, you know. Sometimes we need to kind of feel a sense of progress. But are you getting somewhere in terms of really seeing the truth? No, it's not incremental in that way. But phenomenally, we need to kind of every now and then feel, okay, I'm in a new phase of my life. Or, yeah, a new phase. Yeah, a new phase. That's okay. Then if we load it up with expectation and desire, it's like, well, actually, maybe it's not so new after all. <laughs> You're putting the old furniture into the new house. No, it was almost, yeah, I know that. It was almost like, um, now there's more responsibility. Gosh. You know what I mean? Gosh. You know what I mean? 
Um, yes, but why? 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 I'm just telling you what came up. Yeah, gosh. Because responsibility is the personal. Yeah. Personal comes in quickly to it fill the space. Not, not, now there's an opportunity. Gosh. Yeah. Hmm. Drop all of that. Drop all of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looser, freer, more open. With no agenda. I hear your missus chuckling in the corner. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sure. Sure. Anybody else want to share what we were taught from this morning? Barbara. Um, when I first closed my eyes, it just, at first I thought, I, I felt the stillness, but I been feeling that almost since I got up anyway. It was everything's been more quiet. And then I felt like I was going deeper and I was no, not going deeper. And then this, the whole idea of space came in. Just heard what you just said. Um, but overall it was like nothing mattered. Nothing. I mean, even when people were talking over here, it was, I was hearing, sometimes I was hearing it, sometimes it was just voices. But I thought, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Yes, nothing matters. And, you know, there was a question, and I thought, well, that doesn't matter either. And so then, phenomenally, everything matters. But it requires a particular lens of perception. You can see that? Yeah, the, I guess to, to get up and yes. drink water. Or to, That's it. For functioning to happen, a lens of perception comes in, which allows for things to matter. Yeah. But wider view, absolutely nothing matters. Yeah, and that, that struck me the minute I woke up this morning. If I get up right now, or I don't get up right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah I can see how the lens is open. You can see? The lens, how a lens The lens, works. yeah. I guess that's what you were, I mean, what you call it. Yes, yeah. So last night there was just all this joy, you know, and happiness, and I thought, well, good. That doesn't seem to be there this morning, and then I thought, well, that doesn't matter either. Yes. Yeah. 
Just it's just different. That's it. It's just different. That's it. That's right. Yeah. That's all there is, yeah. That's all there is. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Everybody who'd like to speak is welcome. For now. Okay, let's do something. See if you can find inside, see if you can, see if it shows itself to you, a sense of spaciousness. Just going back to Paula's point. When you drop in, does something expand? Is there a, is there a, is there a vastness? If it doesn't happen too fine, this will be interesting anyway, I think. But, See if you can recognize spaciousness inside. Just hang out there for a minute. That spaciousness, if you have access to it, it isn't any place. It has no location. It is the mind that puts. Vastness or an an unlimited sense in place. The concept of space is something that must be seen through. So the vastness is actually not vast. The concept of space on emptiness makes it vast. So in that place of vastness, take away the concept of space. See what happens.
emptiness has no space either. It's empty of space. Vastness isn't vast. No space. No place. And if it's possible for that concept of space to be whipped away, then the next step is to see that right here, right now, in Carlsbad, this isn't any place either. This isn't a location either. The concept of space gives it a context for us to manage within, but actually there is no concept of space. Next step, things are not beside each other within a context of space. If space collapses, everything is actually inside each other. Everything is within the next thing. Jack, what is it that you're referring to when you use the word space exactly? Yes. The concept of space is, 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 is a very subtle one, and it's actually the first concept, because it gives us a context for phenomena. So, when, the, when we go within and there is a sense of that vastness or spaciousness, you can be sure the concept of space has not been seen through. The concept of space is in there underpinning it. Right? So it's one way to go after the concept of space because it's usually the only concept that's in place. Right? Now, the concept of space bleeds right through from when it first arises. It's, it's there as one of the foundational structures for a phenomenal world to appear as real. So I'm going for the very first concept, which is like a, a cornerstone of, uh, of the phenomenal world. So it's, it's the thing that's inside the room, space, right through to being the first concept to, that, that kind of gives the vastness its vast quality. Same thing. So I'm just kind of hacking it wherever it pops up. Yes, Paula. Got to give you the, the mic. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. You said, take space away from the vast. Yes. The physical body. Shrank. Huh. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened, but when you pull the plug, you know, like pulling a plug. Pulling a plug. 
Yes. And you said Carlsbad, we're here, and it's also not here. Not, yeah. That something can exist without space? Yes. Can it? It's, well, uh, yeah. So. Like, so does it get reduced to a point? A dot? Is it that kind of Very thing? Very tiny. Okay. That kind of thing, the grain of sand. Okay. My mind works with that. Yeah. With a grain of sand. But there's still, I mean, it has to have a reference point. So, is it just transferring this idea of space? I guess it's still in concept. I mean, I, you know, but when you say spaciousness and vastness, I mean, when you go there, it's like, yeah, there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, that's a sense, but then there's still this green sand or whatever. I don't even. Uh huh. So now, now, okay. That's, that's where this character is at the moment. Okay. Okay, so it's down to a dot, down to a grain of sand. And that can exist without space. Space. How lovely. Without thought, you know. Yes. But then Except you have the thought of space. Exactly. Do you know? That's what's keeping you going. Okay, so then space. Um, the concept of space, you take away the concept of space and everything shrinks into a dot. Okay. And now? Sounds familiar. Okay. Are you using the dot as a reference point? Would the dot kind of dissolve into nothingness if you didn't need a reference point? If you didn't think you needed a reference point? 
now is that I'm the dot. The dot is. The dot's it. <laughs> the dot's it. And does everything. Is everything in the dot? Or is it just a pile of dot? All of the spaces in the dot. All of them. What was huge is now. Okay. So when you said Carlsbad doesn't exist in the spirit world, nothing to do. Yes. My mind doesn't know what to do. Your mind doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Doesn't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 my experience was without space, in vastness, the sensation of total collapse into a dot. Yes. Well, sand, green. A green of sand. Like, like a green of sand. That's how small. Yes. That was the experience. Okay. All right. Good. Now what do I do? Yes, let's see. Let's see. Yes, Patrick. Um, body sensations. The skin boundary goes and body sensations are floating in vastness. Okay. Anyone else like to say what's happening? The one just behind you. There's this experience of um, boundarylessness. Like I can't feel, I don't 
don't feel inside like layers of skin or there's just no inside and outside. Um, like even right now, like what would be considered physical objects feel like I can't see the borders sometimes. Like it's just all, like I can see your face, but it's like it might as well just be like everything um, melting into the wall almost, you know, just there's no, like, there's a borderlessness that, um, and is that similar to, to what we call unity consciousness? That everything kind of melts into each other? I suppose. I mean, um, I suppose. And hearing you talk about this space and um, the concept of space, it's almost like I can't even grasp that. Like, I can't even, um, I don't even know what to do with that. Yes. I, hear, I hear you talk about it, and I hear you talk about the concept as a, a leg and a pillar, but um, I don't know what to do with that. Yes, but some part of you does. You, 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 your mind is like, what the... I mean, you know, and it's going to try and use logic, as Patrick says. I think it's... Is it logic? So your mind can only use the tools that it has, but some part of you some part of you is able to recognize prior to all concepts. Mm. Some part of you. That's the part I'm saying, hello, let's see if that can talk. Mm. I've heard you speak, I heard you speak last year, and you were pointing to something about back, 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 back. And I'm wondering how what exactly you're pointing to that's beyond the beyond and how that relates to anything I'm experiencing. Um. Yes. Um, different techniques, same, same destination. That's not a destination. Um. Just another technique, just pulling it from concepts. When, when we go back, we're, we're directionally um, taking a path in order to, to, to shift your perception to a different part of your brain. And it, it helps some neuro a neurological rewiring, which is part of what happens with awakening. Okay. So with this, I'm just going at it from another angle. Just pulling away the basic concepts that have been taken for granted that mightn't have been challenged before. <coughs> Because you see, the non the non dual will t well unity. If we look at unity consciousness, there's two ways of looking at it. It's like okay, God is in everything. It's like it's like in India, they t there's a story about, or, or it's a very useful metaphor that everything is made of gold. So if it's a gold necklace or a gold ring, like they're two different forms. It might be you and Mahesh. It's it, one is a necklace and one is a ring. Actually, it's just gold. They're just appearing differently and have different functions because they appear differently. Okay? But everything is gold. That's one way to view unity consciousness. Now, you can see unity consciousness without space, and that's what you were describing. 
is like unity consciousness when everything is actually is actually the one thing. It's not this one substance manifesting as forms. Take away space. There's no manifesting as different forms because we don't have the, the, the differentiation that comes with space. Right? So unity is actually everything must be inside each other. Everything is in that grain of sand. Everything is inside each other. The wave isn't on top of the ocean. You know, the wave, the ocean is inside of the wave. The wave is inside of the ocean without space. Everything is inside and everything else. Making a bit of sense to some people, I think. Some nods coming. So you're seeing unity consciousness without space when like no borders, everything is melting into each other. It's the deeper understanding of unity consciousness because the mind will logically get the thing about gold being in different forms, that we're all God manifesting as different things. Okay, that's easier, it's logical. Take away space, yeah, it's like your perception alters, your perception alters. So it's great to have a capacity to allow the perceiving to, to come through and not to be edited, not for mind to grasp in and reroute it, you know? So right now, it's unity consciousness without space. That's what you were talking about there. Perfect. It's fine. And then for most people, when they, when, when they do drop in and there's that vastness, that if the vastness still has the concept of space in it, something collapses. Now we're talking about emptiness. Now we're really talking about emptiness. Of where you even see the next step from there is that the concept of truth goes also. I'd say for the past... Um Eight or nine years, truth is what it was like. I was a beeline for truth. All I cared about was truth. And in the last six months or so, it's like it doesn't. Even, I don't even think about truth. Like, and it's just bizarre because for the last almost decade, it's like that's all I, I was literally after. Like, nothing else mattered. And it just isn't even like the, the concept or the thought or. The, idea of it, like it just doesn't even come up, I don't look for it, like it's just, and for a moment there was a fear that would arise with that, that I've, I've, you know, deviated off to some path of, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it naturally subsided itself, the pull to truth, six yeah. months ago, it naturally subsided. Yeah. And has your life changed an awful lot? Or is it, is it just that, that concept of truth isn't, uh, isn't so active anymore? Isn't so potent? Things have changed. Things have definitely changed. Yeah. It's just a settling. Yes. Has seeking stopped? Almost completely. Uh -huh. There's pieces that come up that snag and I can see and feel and explore and um, but it doesn't show up as, as truth as much you know yes even even the snag the snags aren't for truth yes 
Yes. Concept of truth breaks down. It's a useful goal, you know. Very potent. There isn't even truth, actually. And that's the shift that feels funny. Is I don't feel like, oh, now I found the truth, you know, that I was seeking for the past decade. Uh huh. It's just the, the, the seeking for that is just not there anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yes. Because if you found the truth, then then what? Like, for new, truth, truth would be a phenomenal thing, and the person alive would be able to get it. Like, of course, it has to go the way you're talking about. One can't find the truth. One falls away. End of story. It's that things stop taking your attention away from what is. And then what is, is like there's what is phenomenally, and actually there's layers that are the building blocks of that. It all bounds down to nothing, and nothing gets empty, and empty isn't even empty. And it actually, outside of all of it, when we talk about prior to consciousness. I've heard some people talk about um, that they have these experiences where they look at something and say, oh, I'm, I'm that chair, I'm that flower, I'm that tree. I don't, I don't, ha- I don't feel that. Yes. What is that all about? Yeah, that's, that's the, the unity consciousness where, where you get to see that the gold is the necklace, the gold is manifesting as the ring, as the bracelet, whatever. That's what that is, that, that the perception of unity consciousness has space. Space is still intact. So what it's doing is, is showing you the oneness. There's a like whoop, an alignment with the oneness. What's in place is space, and what's in place is a level of identity, a non-dual identity, where you are all of it. And that's the, that's the, the thing about non-duality is that there is identity still in place because you are the absolute. You are the divine. There's still an identity there. It's not personal, but there's still identity there. So if you've got identity and space, you will see that you're the chair and that you're the tree. That's set up. Whereas if one of those has taken a rocking, then you, 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 you won't have that perception. If one of those is already broken down. It, it won't line up. So it's fine not to get that one. Unity without space, you've described that this morning. That's, your, that's how unity consciousness is showing itself to you, that there's just no borders. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of can melt into each other. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is there an identification that's watching that? Like, is there an identity? What's the, is the perceiving happening from within the borderless?
I don't necessarily feel myself here seeing borderlessness. Yes. It's just a sense of borderlessness. Yes. Does that yes. make sense? Perfect. Because if there was you looking at it, there would be subject, object. All the objects are borderless. They've all merged, but I'm the subject. It's like, uh, 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 uh. we still got two. We still got two. So then how does that perception happen? Meaning how or when does that show up? Yeah, how come there's seeing, there isn't you seeing the borderless view, but somehow, and tell me how that somehow is, that perceiving from within it, or how, how come it's perceiving that? How come, what's, if there isn't a you that's perceiving it, what's, how come the perceiving is happening? That's a great question. I think that's the edge on that right now that you're probably picking up on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Is it knowable? But it feels known. It feels known, but I don't know how or why. Okay. Or there's no location from where known is coming from. Yes. Yes. So is it known without anything knowing? That's how it feels. Okay. Okay, so we call that pure knowing or wisdom. It's like, it's the essence of wisdom itself. It's not something being wise. It's wisdom. It is wisdom. Because we like to put words on things. So is that knowing or pure knowledge, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, is that an intrinsic part of the, the, the unified field that has no space? I don't feel separation between the two. No. Then is it self-knowing? Yeah. Is it self-knowing? without knowing itself as unified field without space? Or is it self-knowing? Mm, gosh, sorry. Um, 
is itself knowing and it has the capacity to know itself as dot, 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 it can fill in the blanks or is it self-knowing without there being a knowing of what it knows, a labelling, a, a, a capacity to recognise what it knows. I don't feel any filling in, I don't feel much filling in the blanks. Okay, all right, I'm going to jump this out a little bit wider because this, this is exactly, this is exactly the point of where pure consciousness is doing all of it. Even when you think you've forgotten who you really are, when consciousness forgets who it is, it actually only knows itself to be exactly what it is. It does not lose itself ever. Even when you forget, when forget, when it forgets, and you imagine there's a you because consciousness is forgetting itself. Even when there's suffering and we're trying to, you know, make sense of suffering in the world because consciousness has forgotten itself and so it's believing its experience and hell can happen, phenomenal hell can happen. Consciousness itself knows itself but not as the sufferer knows itself but not as the individual it knows itself so it doesn't have the breakdown capacity to say good or bad lost or found forgetting not forgetting that's why when your perception comes from pure consciousness everything is okay nothing matters at all nothing matters because that division is not in place it actually doesn't exist at all. It's gobbledygook. It's a, it's a, it's a perception. It's a, it's a mechanism that allows, uh, allows separation to happen, allows subject-object, and after subject-object, suffering happens. But consciousness knows itself, not as anything. It just knows itself. So it actually can't forget itself, because if it knew itself as something, then it would have something to forget. So it's truly not touched by any of it. And you found that frequency, that zone of where knowing itself point. That's the sentence. Self-knowing. That is integral to, to, to that point of manifestation. And yet it's within a physical form that the rest of us can say, yes, there is a woman who is separate from me. Yet that capacity can be here also to, to divide it all up. But, but look, there it is. That point of perception of consciousness. Self-knowing. And it's in unity consciousness. It's in unity consciousness when you take away the, the division the, 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 the division that comes from identifying with unity consciousness and space. So that's where non-duality falls short. Because non-duality, it, it can have space or it can be without space, but if there is identifying with, the, with, the, with any of it, there's identifying with the absolute, if there's identifying with anything, with the non-dual perspective, yes.
Yes, Dean. Can we pass down the microphone? Are, you, are we okay to go with that? Yeah. Yes, Mike. Before we get to Dean. Yes. When we started the meditation, I, you know, the feeling of peace and the thoughts floated in and out, but no identification with that. Yes. But when you were talking about there is nothing out there, it settled like there was just expansion, just light. There's nobody I could identify. There was nobody watching. Yes. There was just light. Yes. Surrounding. Yes. And there were no limits to it, no boundaries to it. Yes. And then this came out of it. Was there space there? No. Ah. No boundaries, no space. It was, I don't think I can say I was there. Yes. There was somebody, something there. It just was space, just was light. Okay. It was a space, it was light, but there was no space. Yeah. There was I mean, space, there was but there was light, no space. There was no, when I say space, I said there was just light. There was nothing. Yes. Nothing to identify or no, nobody to identify it was light. Okay. And just say that, drawing back, coming back out of it, saying that there was light, I can say there was light. But yes. at the moment there was no identification, nothing. And so the perception that there was light when, when, when it was happening. Talk to me about that perception. But there was no perception at that time. It was just, just there. Ah. It was coming back out. I mean, this body mind knows that light is what it's, the description is at that this time. But at the moment, there was just nothing. And I can't. I mean, I can say there was no there was light because there was no darkness. Just because we know there is darkness and light. But the, at the moment, there was nothing. Okay. So, so mind is putting the story of light on it afterwards? Afterwards. At the time, nothing. Nothing. Truth? You can say that because it, it was just, if I go back and think about it, I can say it was just an acceptance of what, what it was. Yes. But there was no questioning in terms of what is it, yes. what, I'm, what is showing up, or whatever, it was just is, and then I stayed with it yes. for a while, and then after that it came out of it. Yes. So what happens when you come out of it? Is it a state of mind, is what I'm asking? Uh, no, I mean, still, like Shane said, I was, it took me a while to come out of that feeling. Yes. Uh, I still feel very relaxed and very comfortable. It was very, if I were to put the words or objectives, I'll say it was very enjoyable. Yes. Event. Yes. But you just picked that up afterwards. Yeah. So then there was no comment at all while you were there? Yeah, there was nothing. Nothing. So like, if you say total silence, there is total stillness, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Is there access to it all the time? When I sit quietly, yes, but not until I sit quietly, because the mind has a tendency to go in all different directions, like clouds floating in the sky. 
Like, like clouds floating in the sky. Clouds floating. And something is looking at them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks like this. Mm, that one is darker. Mm. Yeah, one of the clouds was about the trip to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Any story will do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the story. Okay. So that zone, that blank. Yeah, because no matter what word we use, it's not there. So, so there's access, there's a, or there's an availability when you sit to that which is beyond. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering for you, what would, what would allow that to be there all the time? Can you, is it accessible every time you sit? No, no not every time. Okay. But uh, enough times. Okay. Can you access it when you, if you do self-inquiry? If there's something in your waking day that you can... I don't try to access it. Uh, I just, when I sit and close my eyes, and then it comes, it comes. I, yeah. I stay with it and then it goes, it goes and I come out of it. Yes. But it's no, no burning desire or desire to see that experience, if you will. Yes, sure. It just happens, it happens. It just happens, yes, yes, yes. yes. The thing is that it's there all the time, but perception, perception leaves it. Well, as you were describing, it's a knowing, self-knowing or innate knowing is there. So yeah. it's a matter of, like you say, tapping into it. Yes, tapping into it. And tap into it at times, don't tap into it, but it's not when I don't tap into it doesn't mean that I'm saying why didn't I tap into it? Yes. Yes. This acceptance that I didn't tap into it. Yes. 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 And that's the paradox, isn't it? You you know, there's a paradox there. Because the more you tap into it, like if you've got access to that level of prior the more you're there, the less bandwidth. You won't have the bandwidth to go from that level. You won't have the bandwidth to get completely caught in your stories. You know, because we, yeah. we, we, you, can't, you can't do both, you know. You, you, you're pulling your bandwidth forward and you've lost that outside of all of it viewpoint where the stories are running. So the thing is, the depth of the stories is a little bit too deep for you. So, so one way is to, of course, to, to recognize the stories, recognize mind as a liar and pull back so that you have the bandwidth that outside of all of it is there all the time. Or, and that's, that's where consciousness will move you to anyway. It's going to do it on its own, you know. There's that, to unplug those, or to more frequently go back. And that's what Raman used to say. It's like, the more you go back, it'll burn out the stuff. It'll, it'll burn out the, 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 the hooks by itself. But, but only when somebody has access to prior. That's the only time it burns that out. No? Yeah, but it is happening increasingly. When we talk about it, and I talk about it, it's, it's just a story. Yes. We don't find ourselves attached to any event or anything that's happening or any yes. description. Yes. Uh, by, other than to simply say, oh, just yes, a story. Yes. And then we simply try and let go of it. do let go of it. Yes. And that works. Good. That's, that's fantastic. And there is a peace and quiet associated with that. Once there was just a story. Yeah. 
Of course. Once you've seen it's a story, it's like, whew, perception is going back to a more natural place. Good. The more frequent that can happen, the better. Dili, you still with us? Yeah. Well, no. I just want to clarify something that you just said. Um, so when you say consciousness decides to forget itself, or consciousness is playing a game, I think when a teacher says that is just to kind of appease the mind. So I want to clarify, is this true? Because you are saying that prior to that, none of this thing exists. Is this true? What yes. Is that what you said? Yes. Because it always used to bother me this sentence to say, oh, consciousness is playing games, consciousness is deciding to forget itself. But what you are saying is, all of this is still in the domain of duality still. Yes. Yes, it is. I, just, just a little point there. Consciousness kind of doesn't decide to forget itself or lose itself. It's a way of, of putting another explanation on, on our own hypnosis that we are separate, putting an explanation on it to give you a breather. It's like actually consciousness is the one who's forgetting. And yes, from the point of view that forgetting is possible, it has to be that consciousness is forgetting itself. From that point of view, it's valid. But prior to that, no, that's not valid at all. So it's from a point of view that's valid. Consciousness forgets itself. It doesn't ever decide to do it. It doesn't have that capability. Is it ultimately untrue? Only in the same way that everything is untrue or nothing matters or... There is nothing, there is no truth. It's like, mm, gosh, everything is valid some of the time. From the point of view of pure consciousness, it doesn't forget or remember. From the dualistic point of view, yes. It does forget and remember. So it depends where you're looking from. It's a bridge from the dualistic point of view. It's useful. But as you pull back and, and subject-object stops, it makes no sense at all. It's gobbledygook. That's very useful. The other thing I wanted to sort of clarify with you is as you were going around the room asking people for what happened during the meditation and to share our experience, I wonder uh, when this is said that the mind, because the mind is so tricky, I wonder if at times it will invent all these things because it may want to experience something. Would you like to comment? That the mind invents? Yeah, like if you're asking, say, people, asking people for their experience, mind being so clever, uh -huh. it will invent even these so-called experiences. Yes. And say, okay, well, I was feeling this, or I was feeling that. Yes. And I sometimes wonder if there is any truth to this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's no truth to any of it. 
but still there must be space for the phenomenal experience. Mind interprets things, usually erroneously, but that's what we talk about, whatever mind has deduced to, to be a valid perspective. We accept it and we talk from there. But there's so many variables and then mind just makes a deduction. You know? Yeah, so then I'm saying, why talk about this? Yes, because we, we, we just talk, because don't we? we? Talk. Yeah, we do. We communicate. We look for ways to meet with each other because we're tribal. Our species likes to come together. But that's Either. the extent of it. I mean, that's, that's it. It is really. Nothing, nothing more or like, you know. Um, yeah, I mean. Yes, really I mean, is about it's, that. It's a species. It's a species yeah. thing, yes. And that's yeah. why this, this, this teaching, you know, the be still and know that you're God. Yes. In which there is, in a way, no communication or no talking. It's that's right. That's right. But there's still identification with you are God. That's not the end of the line. Yeah, I mean, again, they're limited by talking, obviously. You know? We are, but it's also the way of freeing up the mind. It's, it's, it got us into this mess, and it helps a little bit to get us out of this mess. The mess that we think we're in, you know? But, but a lot of it is, is just um, um, part and parcel of us, of our species. Really, it's just, it's just how we function. It's what we occupy ourselves with, you know, because we don't have to do subsistence farming and we've evolved a bit from that. So now what are we going to, you know, be obsessed about? And if we knew how to manage our minds, we wouldn't have to do this at all. Yes. I'd find another way to make a living, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason I, I guess it's, I, I'm saying this now, you made such a powerful statement yesterday that the mind is a liar, and this keeps resonating, you know. So, so then there is this always this self doubt that whatever thoughts come, all thoughts are lies. Yes, they're all lies. All lies. Yes. You know, why can this thought be also be a lie? Yes, it is. Every word I'm saying is actually BS. It really is. It, it really is. Yeah. If you, if you, if you. Tease out that if, you, if you tease it out that far, thank you for the words, yes. It's all BS, yeah. If you meet the Buddha, shoot the Buddha. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Oh. When you made the suggestion, well, experience vastness, and then remove the concept of space. Uh-huh. Well, something happened. Uh-huh. And I, su- I suppose you could describe it as a collapsing or disappearing. And then, the first thing I remember after that um, was, my, um, was my mind. And it um, it said um, immediacy, intimacy. So that that was my integration of that experience. 
Um, now, when you mention the mind as a liar, um, at least those two words, I mean, words, you, we could just say in the absolute words are always representation of something else. So in that sense, they lie. But to the extent that mind is a messenger, sometimes it gives a pretty accurate message and sometimes it gives a false message. And I, I would say in that case, the mind wasn't a liar. Because the, at least those words, those words sprang from the sprang from the truth, or whatever you want to call it, sprang from reality, so they were kind of infused with that, and so they, they seemed true when, when spoken. Okay. When mind gives a, a true representation, or an inaccurate representation, even the true representation is a lie. It's still a subjective perception. It's somewhere it's a lie. It might be useful. It might be true in terms of it has an accurate conceptual, uh, contextual validity, and, and it can be used in some way. Okay, it allows you to take the next step. It's true within that context. But is it ultimately true? No. Somewhere you'll find it's a lie, even if it's true within the normal phenomenal life. Could you go with that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So immediacy, intimacy, these are the words that came. So if there's no space, you know, there's vastness, and then we remove space from vastness, where would the words come from? Can words arise from there? Because space is the first concept. Because space is the first concept. And immediacy, uh, intimacy, these are concepts also. So now we're back into concepts someplace. And concepts that are received are within a context. So there must be somebody who's receiving them or listening to them yes. or something. So for that to happen, we've left the absence of space. Something, another perception is active. Something slid in there. Well, certainly, um, before those two words, all I can say is I don't remember because no one was there. Okay. All right. And then something perceived. Yes. So something perceived the words. Yes. And grabbed the words. I don't know about Grantham, but perceiving. Okay. Okay. So something is perceiving something else. Well, there's perceiving. Okay, there's, there's perceiving. perceiving. So perceiving and an object of that perception, which is two words. Yeah. Yeah, or you don't even have to go that far. There was just perception. Okay. But with just perception, nothing is perceived. If it's just perception, really, there's nothing perceived. No words would arise with just perception. So I'm trying to, to encourage you to find what, what, what came in, what lens of perception came in. Because when those words came in, already you had left, you had left. 
uh, you know, another perception was, uh, was already activated, which was deeper in the illusion than, than the absence of space. So if we could identify just before the arising of those two words, and maybe it was perceiving, pure perceiving. But pure perceiving, nothing is perceived. It's just pure perceiving. Well, if you ask me, was there pure perceiving from the time things collapsed until the words arose, in the abstract, I would say yes, but it wasn't my experience because there was like no one there to perceive. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It might have slid in just before. And pure perceiving, there is nobody there to perceive. There's nobody. It's a really, really subtle one. And it might have slid in just before those two words, you know? It might be pure perceiving. Ah, oh, now we've got something to perceive. We've got a sounding board, so something else can arise. So it'd be interesting for you, and you, you know, to play with that, like at home or the next few days or something. Just, just to kind of identify what is it that recreates the world? Well, in, in a way, using the semantics we're using of, of pure perceiving, there's, there's nothing to be perceived. It's almost like the moment a drum is struck, uh-huh. there's no sound. It's almost the potentiality of sound. Okay. But then the striking creates a, a vibration and the vibration creates the sound. So if you yes. if you were asking me to try to describe what was there before the words arose, there was just kind of an like an urge to express. Yes. Some urge was there. Some movement of right. on some level, yes. That's it. And the more we the more we're able to to attune our us as pure consciousness okay I'm pulling an identity now us as pure consciousness the more we're able to recognize the subtleties of it the more you spot you, you spot it straight on ah not buying it not buying it you see the lie before it even manifests as a lie you see the movement towards a lie and that gives great freedom When you say you see the lie, why why is every why is every expression a lie? Yay! Thank you. Okay. okay. Um, so when you when you say it gives you freedom because of that urge to express, you see the lie. Why is it a lie? Yes, everything is ultimately a, a lie. From the perception of pure consciousness, there isn't anything other. So, from the phenomenal, of course it's all valid and it's all... I'm not denying any of it. I'm introducing it because there's no point, there's no problem at all in seeing where something is valid and real because that's how life presents, that's what mind does, it says it's valid and real. There isn't a denial of it, but if you can see the unreality of it, that's another way to shift back to how pure consciousness operates, so, recognizing its nature. So when you say it's a lie, do you, are you saying it's only a lie if you're identified with it? If you're not identified with it as something that's, that's real, then it's not a lie. 
Say that again, if you wouldn't mind. When, when you say that what manifests is alive, and ultimately you could say it another way that the world is unreal. Yes. Um, it's only alive if you believe it to be alive. If you don't believe it to be alive, you recognize it as as unreal. Then but it's, it's not you who believes it to be a lie or not a lie. I'm after that one. That for the position of somebody believing it to be a lie or not believing it a lie, the perception that I'm pointing to, there's no beliefs there at all. It's recognition. Right. Okay, so so you're mixing two things that don't see each other at all. So if there's a, if there's recognition yeah. that it's uh, if there's recognition that it's yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a lie. You're seeing the true nature of something. Right. So if you're seeing the true nature of something to be unreal, you said earlier unreal is another word for a lie. Mm-hmm. So... I guess maybe I'm getting caught up with semantics on the word lie. You, you, have, to have, you have to have an ob- objective party to believe something um, but just the belief system is not valid where I'm talking from. The belief system is only within duality. You're mixing apples and oranges. Okay. okay? So it's not about believing it's a lie. It's about recognizing the unsubstantial basis of what is presented by mind. Do you see? Yes. And belief system comes way deeper into the story than that. It's not a belief. It's about something revealing itself to you. It's about recognizing the true nature of things. But I guess in using my analogy, if you recognize if you recognize manifestation as just presence's urge to create. Um, that's one way to see it, because that's in separation then. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're well, in I separation. Can't, I can't describe it in words other than a way of, of, of separation. But in other words, if, you're, if, you, if the recognition is at that level, there, there is no lie and there is no truth. They're just. But is. that's not recognition. That's being in the present moment. That's that's not recognition. That's a perspective. It's not recognition. It's like we're we're creating a space where something else can show itself. It's not about being in a particular place of where something is and is a lie or is truth or is believed to be this or not believed to be that. That's, that's a different zone altogether. I get that. Okay. So what do you say? What I was saying is that I guess I was fixating in a way on your comment that manifestation is a lie. Okay. And 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 if you're if you are and, and when I say if you are or you, if there's presence, if if there's full presence at the time of manifestation, then it's not a lie. That's right, because, because when perception is coming from the place of presence, it's already within the lie, so it has to see it as true. 
it has to take it as true because it's already within the context. So we're pulling back from the context of manifestation and it shows itself to be unreal. It shows itself, it's not believed because there's nobody there to believe it. But from the place of presence, you're present to what is and what is is already a manifestation. So at that level of perception, of course, of course it's real. Of course it's real because it's from within the context of what looks to be real. It's already taken that to be real because being, being truly present and being with what is requires things to be taken to be real. There is, a, there is something that has clicked in in our ability to perceive or the, the ability of pure consciousness to perceive in order to allow presence to happen. Do you see? Yeah. Tricky enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Said so another way. Um, <coughs> if from experience, if, if from experience or knowing or pre-knowing, the wave is always the ocean, then the wave is never alive. If it's always the ocean. The, the, the wave is the ocean at one point, and the ocean is the wave, and another time the wave is within the ocean, that's when you take away space, and the ocean is within the wave. And then, prior to all of it, there is no wave or ocean at all. Right. At all. Gone. All gone. Never was. Never was. What do we do then? And the capacity to recognize that is there also. Thank you for the help of leading me to the preconceptual. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's a good phrase, yeah. Preconceptual. Yeah, yeah. Lady the back. So when you told us um, to sink deep and see what happens, um, for me there wasn't anything, any concept of space. For me, when I sink in deep, I go to a feeling. I would call it a feeling. Uh -huh. But you tell me if it's not a feeling. A feeling of um, connectedness. A very basic ground of being of. Um, there was a space there as a concept for me when you were saying, okay, try to drop the space, drop into the space, see the amplitude of the space. For me, it was like, Something in my mind is going like, but this is not about space. This okay. Is about, this okay. is about something else. Great. So there's a feeling there. What what is there? The feeling of connection. Of uh, it's a very basic, very primal, very I don't even know how to put words on it, but it's there's an oscillation that happens when I'm in meditation that it feels like peacefulness, connection. It's more feelings than 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 space be. Okay. When you then said like, okay, imagine there's no space. Okay. So in order to imagine there's no space, first you need to put the space in sure. order to take it out. Yeah, it's that's fine. Yeah, if space doesn't arise, space doesn't arise. But it was for those who have that vastness, you know, because it came up twice. Okay. But then, but then when you started saying like, you know, drop the space, collapse the space, it was almost as if by putting the space, the boundless became became bound. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. 
like all of a sudden I had something that was without boundaries, yes. boundless, yes. and I added space to it. Yes. Even though I didn't see a crystallization of everybody looking the same way, it's more a sensational feeling kind of a thing okay. than an appearance visual kind of a thing. Okay. I operate from from here. Yeah. So for me, it's not a visual yes. crystallization of faces or any or nothing like that. Yes. It's more like the feeling that everything is merged yet spa—not spacious, but boundless at the same yes. time. Okay. And it's paradoxical. Okay. But then by putting the space into it, it almost became more limited. Yeah, it's not about adding the concept. It's for—it was for those who 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 find that there is a vastness inside. Or if you can drop into the vastness, then we can take it away. But there's no point in adding a concept where it's not there. You know, I wouldn't worry about it. But what I'd be after with is like, okay, so your way of connecting to it is, or when you drop in, it's your feeling capacity is, is what gives you the sense. So the, that sense of connectedness, can, can you recognize that your body-mind interprets that? That that's what happens in your nervous system, that the body-mind interprets that feeling but that the feeling isn't actually arising from where you are. That that's your body-mind's reaction when your perception is there. I can't identify it like that because my mind, I guess, my ego, I don't know what part of me wants to think that, okay, this love, this connection, this, this is all that really is. Like, from my desire to be awakened or connected, yeah. I want to feel like that's the most primary feeling we ever came from. Okay. Okay. So I don't recognize it as a mind that Okay. Alright. So when there's that feeling of connection, there's something connected to something else, and then those two become one? Is that what happens? Yeah. And then... Not those two, those many become one. Become one. And does that one ever disappear? No. So. Okay. I don't always access it. Yeah. But I know that it's always there. Okay. It okay. takes sitting down and sinking in. And almost always when I'm in the meditation, sometimes it will be very profound and sometimes it will be more subtle. But I can always access it. Yes. Always. Okay. Okay. It's a version of unity, no? Where everything merges into one. Everything is recognized as one. It's everything is nothing. And everything is nothing. Like, you understand what? Just, if there's not a thing, there's just a, a ground of being. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. A ground of being without space. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't interpret that space. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, because your feeling capacity is very strong, it's fine. Yeah. I'm reluctant to push you further. I'm, I'm just reluctant to push you further. If that works for you... No, push me further. <laughs> uh, uh. No, something isn't... Something is saying just... No, just something is saying. There's no something. All right, Jack. Um, 
What I want to know is, is that my ego identity, spiritual identity, or is that something real? Okay, it's a nice zone you've got in, and it's really useful for now. And it will be the reference point of where the body-mind kind of hangs out. That's, but your perception can go prior. Perception, your capacity to perceive can go much prior. But that ground of being will be where the body-mind, well, that's, that's where the body-mind resonates. And that can be there. It loses its importance, it loses its value, like we were talking to Veda earlier, it'll lose its, its value, and it becomes, okay, it's just another, it's just, it's just an experience, it's the same as actually getting caught in the story. When it loses its value, then it's like, all right, come on, the body's doing that, it's not important, let's shift your perception back. It's almost like your body needs to have that place of rest, that place of home, of that connection. Relax. Yeah. It needs to be there for you to have that. And reluctant to pull away that refuge because it's, it hasn't been maximized yet by you. The knowing that there's more, there's more, this ground of being is, is there all the time. You'll be saying this in six months. This ground of being is there all the time. The, is that it? Is that it? No, that's what I want to know. Is that it, or is it no. created by the ego? No, it's 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 that you're 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 able to perceive what happens in the body mind when when your perception pulls out of the personal and the impersonal, and when it's back in that being, the place of being. Is this what it is? Me there? No, me isn't there. Me isn't there. You're okay. okay. When you're talking from there, me isn't there. Me is enjoying it, but me isn't there. Me is enjoying the rollout, the consequences of it, but the me isn't there. So it's nothing I can do to get there. See if you can bleed that meditation state into your day. It's about when you drop everything else, it's there. It's there. But you need to really, really maximize it to be there. And your perception will leave, will leave from there, but that's as good as it gets for the body-mind. That's the natural state for the body-mind. It's natural. But your ability to perceive can, can go much prior to that. This is the place where I told you yesterday that I can access that place that gives me peace. Yes. But I need to be sinking into that place. Yes. Otherwise, it's not. I know it's there, but it's not accessible unless I. Yes. It takes effort. It's not effortless for me. That's it. That's it. And that's where the work needs to happen now. Is that it becomes effortless? When it's more accessible, it can become effortless. You see. So going there more frequent, getting your system more used to like dropping in, dropping in. You driving the car, dropping in, and being able to drive the car. That would be a great one to, to, to practice. Dropping in and, and let functioning happen. Eventually, you'll be able to talk and have a conversation while while you're completely in that place of being, that ground of being. Thank you. Yeah, that would definitely be the the more practical, common sense way to do it. You know, steady, steady. Good. Let's do lunch, huh?